previously on Winglings, me, M, and the Pixie Knots traveled to the Daisy Kingdom in search of their Shadow Stone. They were a shy bunch and honestly not much help, but we found the stone anyway. It was hidden at the bottom of a shadow spring. I swam down to get it, and when I surfaced, I felt, well, different. My thoughts were angry and dark. Em had to push the dark out of me. She and Winnie saved my life. With the latest stone in hand, we set out for the Wisterian jungle and planned on dropping the pixie knots off near the Orchid Kingdom on our way. And now for Episode 9, Moonlight. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. forgotten how kind the praising prairies were. When we reached the sandy shores leading up to the grassy hills, I could hear the compliments carried on the breeze. Your ship is beautiful, a voice said. Welcome back, King Willem, said another. The tall grass on the hills swayed as if to welcome us with a friendly wave. I could tell Winnie, M, and Lou were getting their share of compliments as well, even though I couldn't hear them. Anne was twirling her dress and saying, Why, thank you. I made it myself. Winnie blushed at whatever compliments she was getting. Stop it. You're too much. Really? You think so? And Lou, she was covering her ears and scrunching her face. I think I'm going crazy. I assured her she was not, but that didn't seem to convince her. She kept swiping at the air and covering her ears, telling the voices to be quiet. When we reached the shallows, I dropped the anchor and helped Winnie and Lou into a boat. You sure you know where you're going? I asked them. I'm sure, Winnie said. Oliver left us detailed instructions on where to find their tunnels. She looked back at the hills. You think we'll be able to hear the praising prairies underground? I could tell she was hopeful. I wouldn't doubt it. That grass is determined to make their compliments heard. You'll leave here thinking you're the greatest fairy to ever bloom. Winnie chuckled. Aren't I? You very well may be. Winnie blushed. Thank you for bringing us. Thank you for saving me. Keep that glove handy. I'm sure you'll need it again soon. I will. There was a long, awkward moment... I didn't know what to say. It seemed Winnie didn't either. I fixed my hair and scratched my wing. We, um, can send the leafer back for you after we reach the Wisterian jungle, I suggested. That's a great idea, Emerald said, flying over and dropping a bag of supplies into the boat. I know it isn't mine to give, I admitted, 
but I'm sure Magborn would offer it if he were here. Winnie shook her head. Oh no, we couldn't. We'll be okay. But thanks for offering. I'll take the ship, Lou said, already digging into the snacks. No, we won't, Winnie said down to her. We'll be just fine. I'll talk to the orchids and see if they're willing to join the rest of the clans and confront the Dark Army. Whoa! Lou started paddling vigorously for shore, nearly knocking Winnie overboard. Lou! She growled. Light with you, winglings! She shouted to us. Light with you! Em shouted back. We watched them paddle to shore and head up the grassy hills. Then we set a course for the Wisterian jungle. It took the rest of the day and several windspell pushes into the sail to reach our destination. Truth was, I was already missing Winnie and, well, just Winnie. Having the pixie knots around made me more confident and I'm sure Emerald felt the same. She wasn't quite as bouncy after we dropped her friend off. Not even the sight of the Wisterian Cove could cheer her up. With the sun setting behind us, the Jolly Leafer sailed into an enormous curtain of wisteria. The drooping vines of purple flowers parted for us and brushed along the sides of the ship. Hummingbirds zipped between the flowers, drinking their sweet nectar. Their buzzing wings blew our hair as they flew by. Spiraling pixie lanterns hung from the wisteria trees and glowed brighter the darker the sky became. The tree trunks were thick and twisted, their roots reached deep into the clear water. A few narrow wooden ferry homes were perched in their upper branches, but not as many as I imagined there would be. I always thought it odd that the Wisterian jungle didn't have its own fairy clan. There were tales of a time when some fairies from other clans had tried to start a clan here, but nothing ever came of it. They were merely outcasts in search of an identity. The Wisterian jungle has always been a neutral place, a gathering spot, a hub for trade, and a rendezvous for merchants of every kind. All creatures of the enchanted forest were welcome, even from the outskirts. I could already see the diversity. Squeakrins, a race of small mice, unloaded a fishing boat made of seashells. There were badgers trading with hoppers, a race of reptilian rabbits. There was even a group of teenage butter fairies playing slingshot tag around a store made from a hollowed-out fish head. The half-butterfly, half-fairy creatures laughed and chased each other. One of them knocked into the fish eye and tumbled down over the fish's gaping mouth. Another one of them flew into the side of our ship. Sorry, she said, before flying off to join her friends. I looked around in awe. What a strange but marvelous place. I glanced up at Mother Moon, who kept peeking down at me every time there was a break in the trees. Each time I looked at her, I felt something. I kept thinking about sending the Jolly Leafer back for Winnie and Lou. A nagging feeling in my gut accompanied the thought every time it popped into my head. The Jolly Leafer reached the end of the channel where an older female butter fairy dressed in a robe made of fish hooks stood on the dock and offered to help us unload our ship. She'd enchanted the nearest wisteria tree so that its many dangling flowered branches moved like arms, ready to assist. We're fine, thank you, 
I said, flying down from the boat. The butter fairy looked annoyed at the rejection, but her wisteria counterpart reached out a vine to shake my hand. Another one of its vines ran through Emerald's orange hair and left purple flowers in it. Hmm, thank you. A vine swooped in to add flowers to my long hair, but I brushed it away. My hair's pretty enough, thank you very much. Did you just call your hair pretty? Em tied her hair back into a thick braid. What? No, I mean, that's not... My hair looks just fine without him. I kept glancing back at the jolly leafer. Em followed my gaze. What's wrong? You worried it'll be robbed? No, I just... I glanced up at Mother Moon again. Oh, garbers, stay here. I flew back to the ship and grabbed onto the helm. Muttering a spell under my breath, the wheel came alive. It spun and spun. I blew wind into the giant leaf sail and the ship pushed away from the dock. Heads turned as the jolly leafer steered herself around and sailed back out to sea. Once she disappeared behind the curtain of wisteria flowers, I flew back over to Em, who was smiling and folding her arms. You sent it back for them, didn't you? I did. Look at you, you big softy. It was a feeling that I couldn't... The light wills it, and that's that. I glanced up at Mother Moon before turning and heading into the jungle. Come on, we've still got a ways to go. Some time later, when the moon was high in the sky, we came upon abandoned ruins. Pyramids made of stacked amber stones stood before us. Flower vines grew between the clear orange stone blocks that shimmered under the passing light of my pixie torch. I held the torch up to the nearest pyramid. We'll set up camp here. Emerald looked around. What is this place? Relics by the looks of it. Ancient fairy temples long abandoned. I'm surprised no one has come for the amber. Stones like this are rare in the realm. I've heard they can store pixie. Emerald stroked one of the stones at the base of the pyramid and it glowed under her touch. There must be a powerful magic protecting them. Are you sure it's safe? She ran a finger along more big amber blocks and a misty trail of light followed along their surface. I'm not sure of anything, I said, but there's no one around and it's as good a place as any to rest for the night. We walked into the amber temple. It was dark and spacious, too large for my little pixie torch to do much good. Emerald touched the wall and whispered a spell. Lumina. A radiant orange light filled the amber stones and revealed our grand surroundings. There were sculptures of fairy warriors carved out of amber. Most of them were toppled over, broken and overgrown with wisteria vines. There was a large amber altar in the center of the room. High above it was a circular opening that looked up at the night sky. I couldn't help but notice that the moon was positioned perfectly in the round opening, as if the ceiling were made to frame such a view. I looked around at the glowing blocks. Pixie swirled through them and filled the room with light and warmth. There would be no need for a pixie fire tonight. How did you do that? I asked. Em shrugged. It was just a spell I came up with. 
We seem to find ourselves in a lot of dark places these days. So I just used the quail quill to write a spell that would brighten things up a bit. But how did you do it so quickly and yet with so much power? You made it look easy. M thought for a moment. I don't know how it feels for you when you're wielding Pixie, but I tend to fill up so much that I rarely need all of it for one spell. I hold some back. There's always some left fluttering around inside, ready to be summoned at a moment's notice. Then, when I'm ready to cast another spell, I already have most of the power I need for it. I don't have to waste much time summoning Pixie before casting the spell. I usually try to summon Pixie during my quiet time. <sighs> I snorted. Quiet time? M raised an eyebrow. You think that's funny? You're the one asking for advice, are you not? My smile vanished. Good point. Tell me about your quiet time. M looked up at the opening in the ceiling. I usually do it during the time I spend with Mother Moon. I tell her what is happening, what I need, what I'm worried about, and then I just listen. Listen? That's right. I clear my mind and wait for her guidance. I believe you called it a feeling back at the docks? She smiled and I shifted uncomfortably. M sat down on an amber stone next to me. Sometimes the guidance is clear as pixie. Other times I don't hear anything and I just trust that I'm on the right path. While I'm sitting there thinking and feeling, I call pixie to me. I build it up, store it. A single sitting with Mother Moon usually gives me days worth of pixie. Unless, of course, we find ourselves in a lengthy fight. Those days tend to drain the bucket quickly. Interesting, I mumbled. I thought about all the times I'd drawn Pixie. I couldn't think of a single time when I didn't use it all in one spell. Maybe that was why my spell casting was so slow. Sure, they were powerful, but the Pixie was gone in one burst. Who knows how much Pixie I was missing out on by not rationing it, by not using a little here and a little there. My fighting would likely improve. My flight would last longer, my mind would stay sharper. M had used her flicker spell many times on our journey, making her fly twice as fast and twice as far. Sometimes I found myself struggling to keep up. The only reason I remained in front most of the time was because she hadn't a clue where we were going. Saving Pixie. It was a brilliant idea. I wondered why Magborn hadn't taught me to do it. Maybe he didn't even do it. I've got an idea, M perked up. We've learned how to channel Pixie together. Why not create a spell together? M, I don't think... M pulled out a piece of parchment and the quail quill. It'll work, she said. I'm sure of it. Here, I'll hold the bottom of the quill and you hold the top. Don't look at me like that. Just do it. I groaned and grabbed the top of the quill. Both our hands guided it over to the piece of parchment. Now, M continued, let's close our eyes and summon as much pixie as we can. I was too tired to argue, so I played along. Closing my eyes, I relaxed and called pixie to me. It was abundant here. The temples must have been a powerful source of pixie once upon a time. Warm, misty pixie soaked into my pores 
filling me with an exciting radiance. I could tell when I'd had my fill. It felt similar to when I'd eaten too much. Taking any more in and I'd burst. I opened my eyes and saw that M was also glowing brightly. She opened her eyes and looked at me. The green in her eyes shone like fireflies. Now imagine us channeling all this pixie together in some magnificent way, she instructed. Then we'll write the word Starfire. Why Starfire? You have a better idea? I don't know, how about Garbers? Watch your tongue, Willem. Starfire it is. We both closed our eyes and imagined channeling a powerful spell together. Then we opened our eyes and wrote the word Starfire together. The ink burned into the parchment as the quill finished the final letter. Letting out an excited squeal, and put the quail quill and parchment away and flew back over to me. Let's give it a try. Oh, I don't know, Em. What if we blow up? Or, or what if you turn my backside into stone again? Or, or light my hair on fire? Oh, quiet, you. You know I've improved since my first spells. If I feel something like that happening again, I'll just channel the rest of the spell through you so you take the brunt of it. What? I'm kidding, come on. Take my hand. See, we're halfway there. Ready? I nodded nervously. Light, what did I just agree to? This was a lot of pixie we were about to combine. I braced myself for the worst. M counted down. Three, two, one. Starfire, we shouted. All the glow sucked out of the pyramid stones and poured into us. Our bodies shone so bright all I could see was white. Boom! We blasted through the pyramid wall like a shooting star. Up and up into the night, through the treetops, charring them to a crisp. Up and up into the dark sky until... Boom! A blast of colorful light shot out of us like a wave of fire. It shimmered across the sky like an aurora borealis before fading in the distance. Exhausted and completely in shock, Em and I gently floated back down to the ground like a couple of burnt leaves. Our hair stood out in all directions. Em's eyebrows were on fire. I licked my fingers and touched the burning ember sizzling above her eye. She tried to do the same for me, clapping out a section of my hair that was on fire. Whoops! Her hand held a long, thick chunk of burnt hair. <coughs> I coughed, and a ring of smoke curled out of my mouth. Are we alive? I asked, looking over my burnt clothes. Em looked us over. I think we just turned ourselves into a firework. I glanced around. My eyes widened. Em? I turned her to face a giant pile of amber stones. The temple, I whispered. There was nothing left of it. Just a pile of rubble. Well, Em sighed. I, I guess we'll be sleeping in a different temple tonight. Probably a good idea, I agreed. You don't happen to know any giant fixing spells? Nope. 
Didn't think so. Still looks pretty, though, huh? It's a pretty pile of rubble. Em nodded. Absolutely. It looks very natural. Let's get out of the cold. Uh-huh. We quickly flew into another temple and set up camp. This temple was almost as grand as the first. There were several amber statues of gnome warriors wielding weapons, and this one also had an altar beneath a ceiling that framed the moon perfectly. There was even a little stream running through the floor. At the far end of the giant room, the stream fed into a little pond full of tiny water nymphs. The little creatures sang to us from below the water's surface. They were beautiful, with scaly bodies and a tiny flipper. They were colorful with strikingly pretty faces and big blue eyes. Em sang along with them and dipped her finger in the water. The tiny nymphs took turns hugging it. A few of them even offered little pearls. Em had herself a little nymph party while I stepped away for a moment. I made sure I was out of view behind a statue of a gnome raising a battle axe. Then I looked up at Mother Moon. Her crescent light shone brightly through the ceiling opening. Mother Moon, I whispered. I don't know if you're really listening, but if you are, thank you for protecting us. I thought we blew ourselves up back there. Probably not the smartest thing we've done on this trip. Oh, and thank you for helping Em push the dark out of me. I won't forget it. Please continue to protect us. Help me resist the dark feelings that creep in. Help Tim do the same. Protect Winnie and Lou. Make sure the Jolly Lee forgets to them in one piece. If not, Magborn's gonna kill me. Not really, but he'll give me that really intense look like... I showed her what look I was talking about. Guide us to Magborn and protect him as well. I glanced over the statue to make sure M was still playing with the nymphs. I want to be better. Help me be a better king. A better pixie wielder. A better... Brother, I know I've been a little selfish lately, but I can see that now. Use my gifts to save the kingdom. Use me to push back the dark army. Use me to save Tim. I paused as Emmett suggested to give Mother Moon a chance to respond. I didn't hear anything. No thoughts came to me. No grand revelations or directions popped into my head. Help me know that you're listening, I whispered. Suddenly, I felt something. A warmth. It wasn't a flood of pixie. This was warmer, but just as real. It filled me with peace and reassurance that everything would be alright. Light, I said, bringing the conversation to a close. Light, Em said behind me. I whirled around with a start. Cobbers, Em, you scared the pixie out of me. Sorry. Em sat down next to me. She's with us, Will. Mother Moon's always watching over the realm. Her magic works in mysterious ways. Don't pretend I understand it, but it's there. Guiding, directing, warning. She's the reason I came along. I frowned at her. What? Em smiled. Of course I've always wanted to go on an adventure and see what's beyond Emerald Creek. 
But leading up to your return, I kept having these dreams, these thoughts and feelings that you and I were supposed to go off together. I don't know what it all means exactly, only that the light wills it. I put my arm around her. I think you're right. I'm glad you're here with me. Even if your singing sometimes drives me up a log. Hey, Em slugged me. The nymphs like my singing. I laughed. That's because their ears are too tiny to actually hear it. Or not. We laughed some more and then headed off to bed. Before tucking in, I played my flute for Gabriel and Em sang a sweet lullaby to her sister blades. I asked her if they requested it and she said she was just trying anything she could think of to ease their tension. It seemed to be working. When she sang, they didn't rattle at her side so much. They seemed to calm down a bit. That night, my dreams were dark. I saw the usual flashes of fairy clans suffering under the shadow of the Dark Army. I saw the back and forth between Tim and his shadow Zaxlin. The noise. Oh, there was so much of it. I tossed and turned. I groaned and mumbled. Finally, the noise stopped. The fires in my mind dimmed, and all that was left was darkness and a single voice. You can't stop me, Tim croaked. Someone has to do it, I said back to him. I'd prefer it if you'd stop yourself. Tim's voice laughed. But it wasn't the fun, pleasant laugh I remembered. (laughs) I'm more powerful than any fairy who's ever lived. Why would I stop? Because this isn't you, I shouted. I found myself searching the darkness for him. You are better than this, Tim. You are stronger than this. Cast aside your shadow, Saxon, and help us stop this madness. Madness? Tim's voice echoed around me. Madness is fairies flying around, bossing the rest of us creatures around. Madness is you wing-backed royals, thinking the realm belongs to you. Thinking you rule from atop your soft, pompous thrones. You've managed it by wielding pixie magic. But I've changed that. The Shadow Stones will all be mine, and no amount of pixie will stop me. No amount of light will cast away my shadow. Look around you, I shouted back. Look at the destruction you've caused. What will be left for you to rule when you're finished? The entire realm will be a wasteland. Tim, all that you once loved will be destroyed, and you only have yourself to blame. There was a long moment of silence. Tim, I said. I'd rather rule a wasteland than suffer a future of fairy dominance. Please, Tim, don't do this. Sharpen your Zaxlin, Willem. I will see you soon. My felt arm seized me in the darkness. My eyes sprang open and I found myself standing over the water nymph pool. Emerald had grabbed me from behind. Will! She came around to face me. You were walking in your sleep and saying things. Are you okay? I was. I was just... I looked past her into the pond. 
The nymphs. M turned to look. The tiny creatures were no longer beautiful. They looked horrendous. Their scales had gone gray. Their teeth were sharp, and their eyes now glowed red. They waved their fists up at us from under the surface. They paced the water, growling, splashing, and acting strangely. A dark shadow filled their pond. M covered her mouth. What's happened to them? I stared down at them. They've become dark minions. Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed that episode of Winglings and the Fairy Kings. Be sure to let me know what you think. Send me an email. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I love the feedback, and I love that you're supporting the podcast through the Rocketeer Club. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Mom, Roxanne Webb, for editing the story, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. I'm looking at the Apple Podcast reviews, and I'm seeing that there's some confusion as to where the past seasons went. If you'll listen to the newest season that is listed under Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, there is an announcement about the Rocketeer Club. All of the past seasons have been added to the Rocketeer Club, along with some exclusive stories, the bedtime adventures that I improvise and tell my kids, the exclusive series Norb, the fully produced series that's running alongside Winglings and the Fairy Kings. So go ahead and listen to that announcement, Rocketeers, if you're confused about what's going on. I tried to give you as much heads up as possible, and I've sent emails and posted things. So anyway, if there's any confusion, go listen to that announcement and go check out purplerocketpodcast.com for more info on the Rocketeer Club. It's a great way to support the podcast. Thank you all, Rocketeers, for your support, for the feedback. Keep it coming, and tune in next time for an all-new episode. This is your host... Greg Webb.